You get a lot of stuff done in this room. There's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's like fifteen or twenty bikes in here, dude. Yeah, there's probably close to twenty bikes in here. Everything I, every bike I own right now is in here. Just there, worked on. And there's one that like sticks out like a turd in a punch bowl. You have like a newer, looks like a Goldwing. What is that thing doing here? <laughs> I just came across it. Good deal. Couldn't couldn't pass it up. Just, oh, you bought it? It's actually yours. Well, I, I, that's the thing. I didn't buy it. I just traded got a got a virago yamaha virago running and then the guy said so you acquired it yeah. so here you can have this if you get it running right like or when if you get this other thing running you can have this thing does yeah. it run it does now yeah it does so now of course it's almost ready to sell how many cc's is it 1200 okay so i think it's a little bit older one then yeah 84 that's cool so fna cycles is uh has been in business for how long it's been in business for four years Okay, and uh, you've always been in Lakeland, and it, this is a business that started in a garage, did it not? Right, it did. It started, me and my friend John started in our in his garage, just working there late nights and working on different stuff. And got too big, too fast, and to have it in a garage, I yeah, think? Yeah, right beside someone's house. Right. People showing up all the time. <laughs> yeah, three kids and the wife. Yeah, bike shops don't, you know, the good bike shop, you know, there's there's always that good garage builder that's, you know, that builds really cool shit. Um, but if usually the neighbors or the wife or somebody doesn't like the, the type of ruffians that a bike shop attracts yeah, organically. It, <laughs> it, lasted, it lasted quite a while there, but it was... Uh, it was time to move, so we did. <laughs> FNA FNA stands for what? It stands for fucking A. Yeah, right on, dude. Um, so you know what's funny? You are probably um, – this bike shop is probably the closest to what a bike shop would have been, say, 40 years ago, 35 years ago, in that you, you have a very um, – your presence online is not – is not at par with like a lot of other shops that are constantly out there that spend more time blogging and uh, making sure that everybody sees them in the in the pictures and the magazines and stuff. I mean, you do get your fair share, I think, of uh, of credit in the magazines, but I mean, it's that's not what you do. I mean, what you do largely is is spend time in this shop. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in here just tinkering on different stuff and. Um, the bike that you're most known for probably is one of your first ones. Um, you built a, a, a basically it's a, a, an unfinished BMW bobber that, that has never been painted or anything, and you've got a lot of proprietary parts on that. Why don't we start with that one? Start talking about you know how that came about, where you got where you got that, where you got some of the ideas for the unique things that you did, and tell us a little bit about that front end. Yeah, I got that. Um, me and uh, that was when. Uh, me and my buddy John still had the business. We built that bike together and just kind of started out, wanted to do a BMW build to do something different and then, uh, you know, hardtail and get rid of the uh, shaft drive and convert it to a chain drive. That was one of the main things. So in doing so, what kind of – obviously a BMW, the, the part of the transmission is that, that shaft drive. I mean, right. so – what kind of engineering did that require? Well, I just I used all the same transmission. It's just the final drive, just basically like a ring and pinion that uh, that where the drive shaft basically couples into this ring and pinion, and then just it's just turns the ang- turns the direction of the uh, rotation ninety degrees, and then you could just hook a regular sprocket onto it and with some you know calculations or ratios, figure out what 
you know, put it back to stock is what I did. And that bike sees a lot of road use, does it not? I mean, yeah. I think we were supposed to do this the other night, and I get a text. It's like, ah, I got a fucking flat tire in Sebring. So yeah. Sebring's not around the corner. <laughs> what were you doing, dude? It was like colder than a well digger's ass. Yeah. And I get a text from me, you're out riding, which I love. But at the same time, it was cold, dude. It was cold, but I don't know. There, There's this guy that uh, I found on YouTube, this Magneto guru, and... Uh, he had just seen pictures of that thing, so I had to, I went to go pick up a Magneto I had left there because we couldn't get it working while I was there. But he so wanted to wanted to let him see it, so rode it over there. The Magneto that um, that that was off your shovel? No, actually, it's a different. It's a Fairbanks uh, Magneto off a Continental six cylinder engine. Okay. That I'm putting on a kawasaki triple two-stroke so <laughs> you're in that case so the bmw um that you that's been in a magazine it's been featured before um that was you won what show did you win with that um it's won um it's won awards at willie's at the smokeout and uh i think that's about it we have a couple little bike shows and stuff like it, that it's only won two of the biggest like rat bike shows in the world yeah that's I mean, it you know pretty much yeah, yeah pretty understated <laughs> did you now um you're an engineer by trade uh i am yeah um, electrical or mechanical mechanical okay and yeah. so you are is this a full-time gig for you yet um it may be in the next couple of weeks because <laughs> they, they wanted me I, it's a part-time right now but i'm part-time there but they wanted me to come back there full-time so i don't so, really want to do that so. and you're pretty, pretty obviously you're pretty committed to what you're doing here yeah i mean you know if i did that then this would just get neglected and i've worked you know been working at this too long did you uh did you cad draw any of that any of that front end or is that something yeah, you just the, drew out and made no the whole thing was cad drawn and then uh like in 3d cad and then the trail and all figured out and and then uh laser cut out and then we put it all together pieced it all together in the frame you built the frame from scratch did you not yeah i did so what what did the bike start out as? I mean, what year and model and stuff? I mean, I don't know anything about BMWs other than I know that the engine it started is opposing. A, a 73 uh, BMW. It's a R75-5, which is a 750cc twin cylinder. That's a pretty big bike for back then. Yeah. For air-cooled. Air yeah. Yeah. I put, you know, different carburetors and made intake, put, like, Weber downdraft carburetors. Yeah, because isn't doesn't a BMW have a specific carburetor that's kind of different it's not an amyl yeah, it's not it's a till it's an a bing a bing yeah which is <laughs> like the search engine <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> you know people give them ship it's like amyls you know they, they leak and you know but but if, if you got a fresh rebuild kit on them they do pretty good i've been actually been putting them in xs's and i put them in two xs's and and haven't touched the haven't touched the tuning at all so Really? It so ran good. Is it is it the kind of carburetor? Does it have an off idle enrichment, or is it like an amyl where it's just basically a metered air leak with a slide? And it's it's got a it's it's a CV style carb, you know. So it's got like the vacuum, but it's got um, with the uh, air. What do you mean with the air? It's, it's got it's got like a um, it's got a um, off idle enrichment like a accelerator pump. No, it doesn't. Okay, so yeah, it's no it's it's, it's actually a pretty prehistoric or an archaic design, right. but they're still efficient. Yeah, cool. Um, did you rebuild that engine or anything, or did you? Uh, no, the a guy, I got the bike from uh, from my wife's dad. He had it sitting in, in his barn and 
had been sitting for years and uh, he never messed with it too much so we had talked about getting it and he said he would have gave it to us um, for my wife just to drive like it was but since we wanted to cut it up he made us pay for it <laughs> so, so we paid two thousand dollars for it and then we just sold ebayed a bunch of the original parts and made our two thousand dollars back yeah guys that are into bmws are into bmws yeah. it's kind of that bike kind of reminds me that engine kind of reminds me of like a chick like you know those cylinders sticking out kind of remind me of uh, part of the anatomy of a female <laughs> kind of just hanging out there you know <laughs> they are sticking out there um you've got the bmw these are the bikes that i know that you've uh that you've got um that i've seen done are the bmw obviously that a lot of people have seen you've got a really kick-ass shovel head that goes you, you've had a mag on it and then you didn't have and now you ha- do you have a mag on it again yeah i put the mag back on it just yeah. like an old uh hunt horizontal mag that sticks out the nose cone okay and then um you've got i i wish i could describe what i'm looking at here that thing's like five feet freaking tall that's called the glam fairy or something josh told me yeah that's the name that uh josh josh came up with josh and jw came up with for it so let's talk about that bike because you know actually is that the i sold you in the engine did i not is that any of that part of that deal we did some horse uh, trading about a year ago maybe a couple of little loose parts in there but not the engine okay the cool engine, that the engine's actually a 65 oh okay so it's a, a little older you know xlc little 900 yeah little 900 so let's talk about that bike for a minute because it looks like it's how tall are the where at the highest point how tall is that bike i don't know i haven't i well the the sissy bar is probably the highest point which is just above my head so it's got it's probably six four six four yeah and then so and how long is that springer the springer is about 40 over okay who made that springer for you uh my buddy brian from black Black sunshine black sunshine did you see you've seen it in person i just saw it on the cover of the horse like a month or two ago dude that bike is insane i said that bike's actually got one of my fenders on it that that yeah, bike it, is it was, beautiful. Yeah, it, he won the chop off with really that this good. year, didn't he? Not the pro yeah. side. That thing was so clean. That bike is insane. Yeah, that's definitely. I I would love to see that in person. Yeah, I didn't it, make it to smoke looks up this really, year, but really good yeah, person. he's super talented. The pictures, you know, I mean, they do. It does look good, but it's. Not I've this. never met Brian, but I've been. Uh, I've I've known who he was for quite a few years. I mean, his name is synonymous with you know really good stuff, and, and yeah. you know he I know he's, yeah, he's talented. A really nice guy too. I've heard that too. Yeah. I've heard he's a solid dude. That's how we started hanging out, just partying at the smokeout and stuff, and then mm-hmm. just become friends. It's cool. So your bikes don't look like anybody. I'm and I mean this in the in the most endearing way possible. Your bikes don't look like anybody else's bikes. That's pretty hard to do. How do you do that? I mean, even I even though you take, I mean, you I take just, a Paco frame and it, and when you're done with it, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like a Paco frame anymore. That's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, it's, you know, it's something that musicians struggle their whole lives to get their own style. You kind of have nailed it. Where where do you where do you start with? I just start with just the basics of what like if I'm trying to do a build or something, I'll just start with a few components and then just try and. I mean, I don't. You know, just try and go with it and whatever flows together, you know, and try and make everything real tight-fitting and real close. Um, most but, of your bikes are – do you do most of your bikes and then sell them, or do you do most of your bikes are for clients? Most of them are probably for clients, just like customer bikes that are I just build, you know, and then they have some input if, if – or some people just let me do whatever they want, whatever I want to do. So right. It's pretty nice that way, but. 
either way. What are the, what is you know, I'm, the Kawasaki that you're doing right now, and I'm, if it's all right with you, I'm probably going to shoot a couple of pictures before I leave tonight so I can throw them up with with this. But yeah. that's, I mean, you I see you got a frame jig there, you got another frame jig over here. Now, last time I was here, I think you only had one frame jig, but um, you're starting out with with, I mean, raw materials and. and something's coming out the other end how, how are you making all the all the little ancillary components are you doing that here in-house yeah, most of it I, I pretty much do everything here in-house yeah I do the this is that kawasaki will be the third frame uh complete frame build that i've done the other two being that glam ferry and the the bmw okay that so that'll, that'll be the third complete frame build and then a friend of mine has a plasma cutting table, so and he goes, it lets me use it whenever I want. So I draw stuff up in CAD and then go over there and cut cut different things out. So like your axle, axle plates, yeah. gussets, things like that. Yeah, and pretty much, you know, I do hardtails on a lot of jet bike, older jet bikes, and you know, each one I, I like to do a little different. So make usually each hardtail, I'll, I'll you know design custom plates for and. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I've seen a lot of bikes, and I can tell when I'm looking, when I'm at a bike show, and I can tell it's one of Eric's bikes um, just by the, the design of it. But it doesn't, you, I haven't seen two bikes that are the same or even close, but right. there's something about you way you do it. And I just wonder where, where do you draw that inspiration from? I mean, are you a hot rod guy? Or are, you, are you just kind of just fucking way out there? I mean, where, where, where does it come from? <laughs> I don't know. I never, never really into cars or anything like that. I got the got my shovel head in 06 and that's what got me into into bikes but before that i was i worked at a fabrication shop while i was getting deg- my degree so you know that's where i learned to weld and put stuff together i'm remembering now you used to make some pretty m- macabre things what did you used to make <laughs> we used to make uh crematories and uh and batch burners and it was a fab shop so we'd build pretty much anything but they they manufactured crematories is one of the things that we <laughs> they sell them all over the world creepy man yeah it was for a little while especially you get a used one that would come in or you know you, have you to get a refurbish yeah or you get a service one or... how long did you do that for i did that for about three and a half years okay so you um what happened and just one day did you like fall down and bump your head and you're like i'm gonna get a bike or where did that come where did this come I from met, i met i don't know i met my buddy john that he and i that started the business together and you know he you know introduced me to you know i had been into dirt bikes and worked on four wheelers and dirt bikes my whole life just tinkering on stuff so mm-hmm. that's where i you know figure out how to work on the motors and stuff like that i guess and then uh the rest of it i just just you know he kind of got me started and then we i got that shovel head and started tinkering on it changing little things here and there and then i came across this uh, suzuki for like 75 bucks that somebody had hit and it just like cracked the side cover mm-hmm. so it dumped all the oil out he thought the engine was shot but just fixed that side cover and then and then me and john were like well we'll just you know might as well hardtail it so we just started there and that was the that was where it started really where's that bike now that bike's in Tampa. Somebody over in Tampa has it now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Isn't it? It's just kind of like an unfortunate uh, byproduct of being in this business is that you want to keep every one of them that you do, especially when you're doing it for yourself. But somehow along the line, you convince yourself that it's kind of hard to be a bike builder if you're going to keep all your own shit. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you, you have to sell it. <laughs> it sucks, but it's part of it, you know. 
can't, can't get attached to them. No, you, you the can't. Thing. And you love every one of them, and you and you want them all back at one point in time or another. And I think that's probably that's the the definition of like uber successful is that you get to buy all the shit back that you had to sell <laughs> to get the next one, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was just talking with with Irish Rich, and he said that. He, you know, that's what he likes about Jay Leno. Is Jay Leno went back and bought all of his old stuff, found it, and bought it and restored it, and he still has it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty good to do. I mean, that's a lot of money, obviously. But, um, where did you go to school at? I went to USF. Okay. In Tampa. Well, that's a pretty prestigious school for engineering, especially around here. I mean, that's a good school. So, um, you just so you 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 met John. John introduced you to motorcycles. You bought a Suzuki. And then, uh, and then, what'd you do with that money? And then, well, it, it was a while. I rode that thing for years. I rode it to rode it to the Smokeout and to North Carolina, and all the way there. Yeah, all the way there. Put some miles on it and had it for a while. And then I, I was went to a went to a bike show, local bike show, and had it set up. And this guy had a bunch of Harley stuff and some cash, so I traded him for the for that a bunch of old frames and. Quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, you got a lot of parts here. I'm looking on the shelves. There's, you know, I mean, <clears throat> this looks like uh, it, it, like somewhere where they would have filmed like uh, the next version of uh, Chopper Town or something. You know what I mean? You've got all the requisite, just a bunch of old cool stuff. You know, cool posters on the walls and stuff like that, and tools strewn about. But I mean, it looks like you have at least one of everything to get the job done. You got English wheel, planishing hammer, and stuff. Um, so you're doing all your own sheet metal too, right? Um, a lot of it. A lot of times, um, I make you know the fenders, but a lot of times gas tanks, I'll just you know cut them down or modify an existing one. I've actually never made a whole gas tank. So, no. Yeah. What? Uh, so um, you've got you built. I've seen some Triumphs you built. Some you talk about your Suzuki and obviously the Harleys and stuff. Do you have any one particular one that that like? You like a certain kind of bike more than than not. I mean, you've got high necks around here, and, and you know, I don't see a, Pro Street. I don't know what I would call your bikes. Like they're not, they're kind of bobberish, but they're enough different that they're really, they're not like a conventional bobber. I mean, your your hardtail kits are, are very organic. They almost look like they kind of grow out of the frame. They're not like a bolt. It's not something you're just going to produce a hundred off and, and, no, and sell. They're, they're, each one is different, you know. However, the frame is, you know. However, I see, you know, to. To put the frame together to the rear wheel and just make it all kind of flow the best best way. So you're making your own fenders. You're making your own frames now. You've got the the jig and you you got your hardtail kits. Is there a certain kind of bike that you prefer over over another one? Not really. Um, I like just just about anything really. Um, all kinds of different styles. You know, like to like to keep it open that way. You know. Never know who's going to pass through the door and who what kind of what kind of style bike they're going to want. Obviously, yeah, they're going I mean, to want an F and A bike if and, they land know, here. It just it keeps me, you know, it keeps me, you know, guess, you know, it keeps me guessing and got to think about it. You know, it's not just the same thing every time. It's just each one, you know, each one. I mean, even though you hardtail, you know, two jet bikes, they still, you know, come out different at the right. end. It seems like. That's cool, and you've got, I mean, you're one of the few places that I know of, and I've been in this business, I think, long enough to say I've been in it a while, um, that that doesn't have one specific, you know, make that they that they do things with. Um, how do you keep up with all the technical information that you have to know? I mean, like, there's guys that know BSAs, there's guys that know Triumphs, there's guys that know Kawasaki's and, and so forth and so on. I mean, how do you keep up with 
with all that? Do you find that that stuff, that there's this, this base amount of knowledge and all the jet bikes and from one era are the same and all the American yeah. bikes? Or how do I you mean, keep all uh, that? To, to a certain extent, they're all they're all the same and they all require the same. You know, you just you know get it down to components and just the simple components you need to, you know, your ignition system and charging system and and then just put it together. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, working on the dirt bikes and stuff for my, my whole life has definitely helped me out. And a lot of meeting, met a lot of people that helped me out, you know, in the specific, you know, like I was saying earlier, gurus. That yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they're very good, very handy to have around. How hard is it to find a guy that can work on a 74 CB 750 or, you know what I mean? I've, I, I've, I met this guy, uh, this guy Rule here in town that uh, he... He's been working. He worked at a Honda dealer like for forty three years. So he was working on that shit when it was new. Right. You know? So he he can just put it together, and he comes over and helps me out, and he helps out with all the older Jap bike stuff. And you know, I mean, I pretty much stick to stick to air cooled, you know, chain driven um, motorcycles. Okay. Uh, Not a lot of the liquid cooled stuff where you've got to add a cooling system and the yeah. water pump's got to work and the Just lines got to work. Gets, and gets to be too much, you know, trying to pack it all into one little thing. You know, trying to simplify it so it makes it easier that way. You go to um, you go to a lot of the you go to a lot of the events. I know we had we had, fortunately I live right by the shop here, so I, I can bop in and out quite frequently. Um, and I, you know, I run into you in Daytona and I know you go to the smoke out. What other events do you go to that, you know, you, you look forward to every year? I mean, um, just, just a lot of the little ones, you know, the little, uh, the little events I enjoy quite a bit, just going to, like I went to the Barber Vintage Festival and rode up there to that. I really enjoyed that. Where was that at? That was in Alabama. Like it was like a big, uh, I think it's five-story vintage motorcycle museum there, and like a racetrack and everything. Cool, like a board track, or is it like a like a like a like a street, you know, like okay. a road course style style track? Right on. And so. did, you, did you take some of your bikes up there and set up, or I mean, is it somewhere you go as a spectator and no, enjoy that, it? I just went as a spectator. That uh, we rode up, and you know, it took a couple of days to get up there, and then hung out. And there was like seven of us that went, so it was a good good road trip, but. I don't know. There's. I, I would like to make it to Born Free. I don't necessarily, you know, say one event is like the main thing. Right. I like to like just like going to a lot of them and seeing a lot of different people. What are your What's your goal right now for like Let's pick like the Glam Fair. I mean, are you building that for a specific venue? Or are you building that just to kind of amuse yourself or just to knock everybody on their ass because yeah. it's so outrageous? Or I mean, are you going to take that somewhere and, and show it off? And you're and you're saving it for that, or I mean, not really saving it for anything. Just whenever it gets done, it gets done. But just I don't want to don't want to rush it because it's getting you know it's a lot of custom stuff. Like it's you know the engine's got two front heads with the the back one turned around and downdraft Weber carburetors, you know, with custom intake and uh, no uh, primary flame, open primary with a chain drive, and so it's got. And dual dual magnetos. So. Are you using a, are you using a Sportster trans on that, or did you cut the back off? Yeah, no, you, using the the Sportster transmission just cut the whole primary flange off. Okay. Just to keep the bike real narrow, so it's real tall, but it's very skinny. It's bike. got a set of invaders on it, right? Are those vintage invaders? Or? It does. Um, the the front one is. I think the the back one is actually off of uh, Honda. 
some kind of I don't know maybe it was aftermarket but I think they are vintage uh, the the back one's an old one too so we have um every the first Sunday of every month down here we've got a, a pretty kick ass swap meet the Webster swap meet I know you go to that every every uh, every month um you know do you what's different about like say the swap meet there or you know when you go to um obviously you travel around and there's lots of pieces and parts where do you find the best pieces and parts to do what you do um just webster or ebay or just all over the place because you've got to rely on i mean you have to rely on 40 year old stuff and you've got to rely on it not being junk when it gets here yeah and you know you get some get some vendors where you can get some parts for the old stuff then uh, you know develop a relationship with them and figure out what what works and what doesn't okay so <clears throat> that being said obviously you, you have some used parts that you that pass through your hands and you sell some bikes and you do some bike builds um what is fna cycles i mean what when you explain to me if you're riding an elevator with somebody there's a business term called an elevator speech and you're riding up you know eight floors and you've got just a minute to tell somebody about your business how do you tell somebody what what is fna uh it's just a, a custom motorcycle shop that does uh custom builds and diff- a few different um specialized kind of parts basically is is about it what's in your parts line right now uh fenders handlebars i got a little lock off plate for you take out the starter off of xs 650 and you put this plate in and you can mount your electronics to it got a couple other uh, like little bear trap foot pegs and a couple other little things those bear traps, those what do you water jet those, the bear trap part, and then you um, actually build a, a, yeah. a cage La- kind of thing? laser cut it all okay. and then uh, and then and then piece it all together. And it's, it's all stainless, so TIG welded all together. Cool. Oh, it's done out of stainless? Yeah, done out of stainless. Okay, that's got to be, that's not cheap materials-wise. That's Not too bad, yeah. Yeah, quality part. Um, since you work on so many foreign bikes... Um, and you know you're probably you're one of the the few guys that that goes out of your way to specialize in that do you have like this um how do you feel when you see an ad in the paper that says you know if it's foreign it's bullshit and you know i mean there's a there is that that whole little movement in in our industry where people are pushing there's some people that are pushing as hard as they can away from anything japanese as hard away from anything foreign how do you how do you keep a clear head about that i mean i just don't care whatever you know just try and do my own thing i mean that's why you know i work on anything japanese trial you know english american it, it doesn't really matter so like it's the, it, the thing about the japanese is just you know, a lot cheaper for people to get into you know so so when you say you don't care it's something you don't care about american parts or foreign parts what you're no. saying is is that you don't have uh you don't have a position where you're like oh you know what I do the the Japanese bikes, but I don't really like them. It's not that at all. It's just you know you like building bikes, right. so you build what you have. Exactly. So, so so when you see a company out there that really puts something out there about you know the foreign thing, it, what I was getting at is like you know if someone copied your, you've got a unique fender, if somebody copied that overseas, that would be kind of shitty. You well, know, so yeah. I mean, you see that well, happen. Chinese, Chinese stuff is a little different, but you know, than older Jap stuff. I mean, that's you know that's that's a little different. You know, I mean, I. I definitely am for definitely american made and, and a lot of the people that are pushing all this american made stuff or you know are actually getting stuff made from china or you know or or, or that are swift going towards just the american made bikes you know 
but all the parts that they're putting them on them are Chinese or yeah, and that's really what I was talking about. Without uh, trying to, yeah. not trying to. I'm, what I don't want to do is just, you know, you've got yourself in a, you've got a niche market where you've got really good clientele and you're building really kick-ass bikes that maybe people are overlooking for a long time. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of this out there. So what my thing is is if you have a, you know, you've got your own, you've got your own parts line now, and that's got to be something that you've got to find a way to protect. And unfortunately, our government doesn't do a good enough job of protecting no. people who who employ people here, people who build things here, people who need raw materials here. That's not part of what our government does anymore. What our government does is job shit out themselves. And, you know, so I just wanted to not try to bring that up in a controversial way, but I was no, trying to bring that up as a, as a positive way. You know yeah. I mean? That, you know, no, you I, are right. I definitely, definitely agree that, you know, the getting stuff made overseas, you know, I just, I try and everything I try and buy, you know, try and buy as much as you can, you know, from here and, make it all here so it's, yeah. it's hard though sometimes you know sometimes it is and it's you know i mean and there's something go buy a brand new harley you're not gonna oh, a brand not, new harley's not gonna it's no. and people think that it is yeah you know, and it's not it's because yeah. you know when american people put it together and i get that and you know i love harley davidson motorcycles too um but you know it's just it's something that, that i think it bears um some some discussion just from the simple fact that if you compare our industry to like the automotive industry automotive industry is so much larger and there's so much more room for um you know people copying other people's shit and stealing basically i think that's stealing if someone takes your design and goes over and has it made cheaper and then sells it i don't care where they sell it that's stealing to me you know and it's something that i don't do and i know that you don't do it either but i just you know you you have a unique position that you're you're really good at doing uh, the Japanese bikes, and you have a strong, loyal following. You know, just looking around your shop, you, you've got some really high end projects going together that happen to have some pretty inexpensive. When compared to a Harley, right? Yeah. You, you know, you're not talking about ten thousand dollars. You're if you're going to build a brand new Harley right now, and you're going to do everything brand new, and you're going to build, all, you know, buy an SNS motor, buy a Baker Trans, buy a Primo belt drive. Yeah, these are way cheaper. Dude, you're ten grand easy yeah. in, into that for yeah. for that. You know, you're talking about something. Can can somebody get a whole bike built from you for ten grand? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So if they're coming to you with with powertrain or something, or they have a bike, right. yeah, they can get or, a bike for ten grand, exactly, or or less. Yeah, that's good for, to know. For a Japanese bike, right on. Definitely, yeah. Um, the Glam Fairy. Let's get back to that real quick because I you had mentioned something that I didn't understand. I. Having a hard time wrapping my head around. You have a forty over Springer on it. Yeah, it's a sixty-five. You said sports engine. Sixty-five sports engine. And open primary. I, I get that part of it. So you've kind of machined that off, so it kind of looks has that that open look. Um, you have a revert the front cylinder head. Uh, it has two front cylinder heads, and then the back one is turned one hundred and eighty. So the exhaust on the in the intake on the left hand side of the engine instead of on the right hand side so instead of the intake sharing the same space you know with you know with both heads then it, it separates it so i'm running dual downdraft carburetors so that way i can run the intake and keep it individually and in, how are you doing the push rods the push rods are still the same because the intake valve is still where the intake valve goes okay and the, the exhaust valve. all right so when you say you're you, okay it's not a stock head turn 180 it's another front head turned okay it's a, gotcha. it's, a, it's a front head put in the back right. and then turned 180 okay that's cool yeah um are you familiar with uh, the shovesters no um there was 
I just seen an old ad. Someone on uh, James Simonelli from Baker Drive Chain posted on his Facebook page an old ad. It was it was a um, Sportster bottom with a shovel head top, and it just got. I instantly when I saw that old ad, I thought, you know what? That looks like an F and A ad. It looks, you know, it's like kind of antiquated, but it's got something cool in it. Yeah. And I I had to double take and, and look okay. and see because I could just see something. I could see you doing something like that. I just get, you got like this mad scientist thing where I feel like I could throw some weird thing out and go, hey. Watch this. Watch what I can get Eric to. Hey, have you ever done this? And just make up some weird shit. And you're just like, no, I haven't. And they come over here like, a couple weeks later. And you're like, there's a cloud of smoke and sparks. And you're like, ah, look what I did. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that. I, I Back um, we go if we go back to 2010, a couple years ago, um, when you and I met, we met at a bike show, a local bike show here. And I actually – I. I saw the Beamer, and it caught my attention. I went over there, and the Beamer was there. The shovelhead was there. You weren't set up. You had uh, you had ridden in, and I came over to the shop and took some pictures and stuff, and we did an article for the horse. I think I, it, I, think I compared you to um, Emmett Brown. Do you remember that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and I still stick to that, man. This place is like I'm waiting for Marty McFly to come out with his life preserver-looking vest on. This place is, is very cool. I love coming over here. Um, some of your, what, Who are some of the guys in the industry that maybe that you kind of like you step back and you watch and you're like, oh, damn, I wish I would have thought of that. Or, you know, this person's being really, really progressive. And who's somebody that you watch and you like seeing and you're a fan of their work? Uh, I don't know. I, I just like, you know, all, I like a lot of different builders. Um, I don't know. No, <laughs> ask me that question. It's hard to pick. It's hard to it's pick. It's hard a few. to pick. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I do. Uh, so I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say a builder and you just give me one word then. All right. Okay. Um, Josh from fat American choppers. Yeah. I mean, you know, me and him were real good friends. So. Right. So, but as, as a fan of his work, what's the one, what's the one one adjective that you'd use to describe that? Of uh, Describe him or his? Well, okay. <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> I don't know. One word is hard to describe. Me is trippy. Yeah. It, like the, I just, I feel like that dude, like everything that that dude does is, uh, is like very soulful and fun. Like that, that yeah. guy's got no malice in anything he does, and he's like a karma fairy, man. <laughs> that guy is just sprinkling magic dust on everything that he, he does, does, and everybody that he's with is, he has does. a good time. You know what I mean? <laughs> he came to your wedding, and he just was dressed so just – I couldn't pull it off, but he you know, he had them big red glasses on and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty wild, man. He's a good time. Yeah, I'm going to have him on here. I'm going to have him on here. I talked to him. He's yeah, just I, super busy I, I right now. Yeah, he is. We haven't had a chance to work on the glam fair in a while. Um, you did uh, you did the Big Mountain Run last year, not this year, right? I did it this year and last year. Did you? Yeah. Tell I me about that event. Yeah. I haven't been to that event. It's a it's a good event. We actually rode up uh, this past year. You know, it took quite a few days and rode up there, and then uh, we're a little late getting there, but uh, we made it there. So, what do you what what happened? Was there something that happened that caused you to be late? Uh, just well, we rode up there with Josh, so that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just picking on it. Oh, that's funny. He'll hear that. And he'll probably start laughing his ass yeah, off. Yeah, he will. Because I don't know. We just had quite a few. You know. I think that if you're going to set out and you don't have like you don't have like a specific time, you have to be somewhere. You've probably had fun the whole time you were there. So yeah, exactly. getting there was just kind of more fun. Exactly. I've ridden with some people that are like, you know, we got to hurry up. We got to get there so we can have a good time. 
And I'm like, hey, yeah, this is part. Of how about time. if we make the whole ride part of the good time? Yeah, would that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely seems. A, so, what's your favorite way. bike to take on a big long run like that? You've got a shovel head. Now you've got a Goldwing. Yeah, <laughs> you've got it's the Beamer. Not the Goldwing. Yeah, if you showed up at the big mountain run on a Goldwing, <laughs> I think everybody would think yeah. there was something wrong with you. I think so. Probably my shovel right now. My shovel head would probably be that. That one I've I've ridden to to Tennessee a couple times, and I've ridden to Alabama. So I mean, I've ridden. You've locked some miles on that. Yeah. Some, what year is that? It's a seventy-seven. So that's still a seventy-four incher, is it not? Yeah, it is. Stock stock frame, just you know, strutted. I know that's the thing that that bike is probably the the stockest bike that you have, yeah, it and is, it's still yeah. pretty modified. It's pretty cool. It, yeah. Does that got a kickstart on it? It does. Kickstart so, only right now. It's kick only yeah. mag, so it's just the, you know it's good. It's how's your how's your knee? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit sore. Sometimes. Are you thirty yet? <laughs> I am thirty. Are you thirty? Yeah, thirty-two. Okay, okay. so in a couple more years, your knee will start hurting really bad. <laughs> It'll swell up really fat it when you ride. <laughs> <laughs> um. We did a uh, we did uh, we did an, an article um, a year and a half ago uh, you and I <clears throat> on the uh, the XS six fifty that you did and uh, you were popping some pretty big wheelies and then I left and you were still popping some pretty big wheelies and then you came down on your foot and you broke your foot and then everything kind of <laughs> yeah that uh yeah you left and then you know I don't know I was riding the bike up and down the road by myself here and decided to wheelie might as well try and wheelie a little bit more and then uh just was leaning back too far and pulled back too hard and looped it out from uh out from under me and it came back and hit the sissy bar and when it hit that it went over to the right side and just landed the engine landed right on my foot you took the the single you took the holly carburetor off that and you've got you what around that what's on that now those are the bings those are the bings off the beamer yeah well not the exact ones off the beamer that but that style but that yeah same 32 millimeter and they work good they do they work very well it actually looks really cool it looks very hot rod like that because i really like the intake that you had made with the the holly carb on it yeah that that worked you know, it worked good for me, but I'm gonna. I'm trying to sell that thing now, so I just wanted to make it more reliable for somebody else to to ride. I mean, it, it started up every time. It just had a little dead spot in it that I couldn't couldn't work out. So, right on. I t- took it off. <clears throat> um, what is what is that bike going for? Uh, actually, fifty five hundred right now. So. Right on. You got it on eBay or anything? Uh, I had it on eBay, and then some scammer was the high bidder, and then you know. I will, I'm a Norwegian prince. I need to get me, or uh, what is it, Nigerian prince? Pretty much. Can't talk to you on the phone, you know. Nice. kind of deal. Yeah. Send a courier to come get it, but pay through PayPal and yeah. scam. How about you know? no? Yeah. Does no work for you? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I don't know. I haven't had any. You repainted it. It's black now. Looks yeah. good. Yeah. I it like looks it. really good. I, like I actually. Black. I, I kind of like the black better, actually. Well, it looks like a different bike. It, it does. You know what I mean? It takes on a little bit different persona than it did before. It was pretty funky before. I liked it. Yeah. I liked that funky, the, yeah. that, the orange and that. I think both look good, but I, I don't know. For some reason, I am like the black right now. For some That's cool. Maybe we should reshoot it, <laughs> it <is a> and <laughs> put it in. We'll get we'll get Chris to run it on Cycle Source. <laughs> no, no, it's a different bike, dude. Totally different bike. <laughs> yeah, you've never seen this before. <laughs> we'll just pull the Jedi mind tricker, pull out the Men in Black little flasher thing, and be like, yeah. oh, you've totally we've totally erased your your memory. Um, 
Do you do uh, do you do fab projects for somebody? Let's say somebody's building in their garage, and then I mean, and they bring you a bike, and they're like, "Hey, can you just build the exhaust, or can you do a fender, or that kind of stuff?" Do you have yeah. any of that goes on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I like that because um, you know that I do a little bit of the fab work or something that you know they may not have the machinery, the skills, or whatever to do, and then they put the rest of it together. It's pretty cool, kind of you know working with somebody like that. What are your plans for 2013? Uh, do, you, just, do you plan just, things out like that? Or you no, just say, no, no, not not really. No. <laughs> I just keep going. He just wants to stay married and keep his shop going. That's it. And he's good enough for him. Pretty much. <laughs> Maybe try and develop, this, uh, get some new tail lights out. And right on. Try and you know get the get the parts a little more more narrowed down. You know, I mentioned earlier on that you know you as far as bike shops go, you're probably um, you're more like an old school bike shop than than most any bike shop around here at least and, and several that i know I and mean, you're very it's funny <clears throat> you're very much in the same vein as something that would be out you know some of the shops i've been in in la you know kind of like a chopper dave kind of deal where you've got like a niche client you've got a niche way of doing things you've got your own all your own tools all your own ways and means um and your your, your web presence is kind of limited to how much time you have in a day um how can people find you online I mean, if they really want to find your stuff, I mean, how do they get a hold of you? I've got a website. It's just www.fnacustomcycles.com, and it's got my phone number and email and everything on there, and and builds and you know parts and everything. There's info. Okay, so I haven't been to the new site. Then before you were just running it pretty much through a blog style, weren't you? Right. Yeah. Through like a WordPress deal. Yeah. So I changed it up, and it's like a. More, more legitimate website website now. So. And people, you're a, you're a dealer for Biker's Choice, Biker's Choice, Custom Chrome. No, just V Twin, Biker's Choice, and then like Map Cycle okay. and a couple specialty specialty places. Okay. Like that. So people need parts, so you can get them parts and stuff. And you have T-shirts and swag and stuff for sale. Um, what do your fender? Where do your fenders start at price wise? They start at um, one fifty. And they go from there. They go from there. And can someone get one special order? Like if someone says, hey, i got a 200 rear tire. I want to use one of your... Yeah, exactly. The fender that's on the XS, um, the one that's... I don't know what to call it, but it's very dimensional. Four-piece. I just do, like, each one has... uh, That's how I, you know... That's how I do the pricing, and that's how I kind of call the fender. just like a three-piece fender or four-piece fender. Oh, okay. Because that's how it starts out is actually four pieces, and then roll them. I um, get the... Draw the draw the uh, shapes up in in CAD and then have them cut out and then I roll them hand roll them in, in a set of rolls and then weld them all together. Right on. Yeah, I've seen you. I've been here before when you've been doing that. You know, I always feel bad coming over here during work hours because I'm usually not the only person here and you're always trying to work and there's always somebody else here <laughs> talking to you and stuff. I'm like, I can't. I'm getting this dude's way, so I'm just gonna like, hey man, I'm just I'm still alive. I'm check and make sure you're still alive <laughs> give me a call sometime you know so we can hang out but um no i, I it, it's it's tough being a one-man show right it is it, it is it's getting uh and there, there's a lot to do and it seems like getting more to do so do you um, have any interns or any part-time guys or I, I do i have a couple friends that and they've been helping me out more you know Got a couple of buddies that come, and that guy ruled that I was telling you about. You mm-hmm. know, on the specialty stuff, he he comes and helps out you know, on that kind of stuff. And then I got a couple of friends that come and, you know, 
underpaid employees. That's hey, <laughs> pizza, beer, drinking yeah. water. It gets hot here. Um, that's something else that that I wanted to touch on too. That um, when you build a bike for somebody and uh, and and they need service, I've been in here before. You you service all the, you know, all the the jet bikes that you do. You service all the Harleys that you do. So these customers aren't just coming to you to get built. You're kind of you've got this relationship with them where they. They trust you, and they know they can come back for service, too, which is something that's kind of rare with a lot of builders. I mean, yeah. a lot of builders don't make time for that in their business, especially right. guys like you that are single, single-handed. single How do you how do you keep that straight? I usually don't do very much much service. You know, I, I'll do a little bit of service work on some of the older stuff, but um, or, if, you know, if it's a bike that I've, I've worked or built or, you know, something like that. Just try and make the time for it, I guess. So, is this but, someone but outside outside stuff, I don't do. That's something I don't normally do is just service work or oil right. Yeah, but you definitely take care of the customers that that spend money with you and spend time with you. I mean, right. I um, mean, that's what you know keeps me going. So I gotta give them some time. You know, give them the time to to get whatever they gotta get straightened out. If someone comes to you and wants a complete build and, and they're like, oh, you know, I've got this powertrain, I've got this old CB750 or what, what kind of lead time do you usually tell them? I mean, you know, and obviously there's unforeseen things that happen. Do you? Yeah, not not usually long enough. You know, it takes – usually <laughs> lead usually takes longer than I think. But I don't know, anywhere from six months to to six to eight months probably. Right on. Be about um, – just with the backlog that I have now, you know, I mean, if I was caught up, it wouldn't take – wouldn't take that long but got a pretty good you're gonna have to work those underpaid employees a lot harder i know (laughs) teach them a little more too that's the problem (laughs) yeah you know i think we have a tendency uh as shop owners we have a tendency because our name's on everything that goes out the door regardless of whether we did it or not we can't tell a customer well you see my guy that comes in on thursdays was helping me out that night and that was done on a thursday for you you know they don't want to hear that they want to hear that everything's good and and fun and they're not going to have any problems and that's the most important thing to them so you know as shop owners we have a tendency to kind of micromanage a little bit yeah how do you fight that i do i definitely fight that it, it's hard because because uh, you know like you said it, it's hard not to get your hands into everything because it's it's your name on everything in here so just try and just try and let people you know let 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 the people that help me out do their thing and you know if i need to go back over them and go back over yeah it's less work sometimes just to kind of clean up something you know sometimes. something maybe left a little rough around the edges or something yeah definitely. that's cool um what's your favorite tool in the shop do you have one do you have one that, man I, I love using this tool you know you get an opportunity to use it in that probably my lathe over there that thing's huge it is pretty big i feel so bad i was just doing that podcast with rich and i, I uh the audio didn't take on his side so i gotta call him back but I just I was telling him about buying your your lathe. Yeah. I'm getting stoked. I finally got everything so I can get it hooked up and got the three phase situated in the building and that. So I'm gonna have that. I'll have my own lathe pretty cool. soon. I yeah, told him it's like I spent twelve hundred dollars or thirteen hundred dollars to make twenty dollar wheel spacers. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, you know it, it, it's amazing what you find that you uh, use that thing for. Though I mean I use that four or five times more than I use a lathe or than I use the mill and then I mean I use it several times just pretty much every day on just little parts or little you know all kinds of little stuff do you make anything for anybody else that that does stuff I mean is there you know is there a guy that 
comes in here and bugs you to death until you make him a little part that he needs for his whatever, or you know, do you not just absolutely no. don't have time I mean, for that? I'm, I mean, I do some some stuff. I'll do a little bit of custom stuff like that, or you know, draw stuff up in, in the computer and have it plasma cut out, or different stuff like that. But not 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 very much. No. Right on. Well, cool, man. Is there anything that you uh, you would like to tell anybody that uh, maybe doesn't know you, or maybe knows a little bit about you? And we can find you online at www.fnacycles.com, right? Right. And they yeah. can buy parts. They can buy the the three piece, the four piece fenders. Um, your taillights are on sale. Uh, not I, I. The first run of them, I'm redoing them now, so they have a different. So they'll be a little bit smaller and have a LED lights in them instead of the. Regular 1157. So. so the first round of taillights is sold out. So if you didn't get your FNA taillight, your uh, your what Too is it? Late. Yeah, it's yeah. TSOL. You're tough shit out of luck. You you, yeah. you you left the you you waited too long. Um, they they can call you. Go to your website. Call you. Get something scheduled in here. If you guys got a, a Japanese uh, bike and you want to do something kick ass with it, uh, this is the guy you need to see. He's definitely takes a lot of pride in what he does, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna definitely have a unique motorcycle when you're done, man. Eric, dude, um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this because I know that your time is valuable, and uh, hopefully we can do this again real soon, man. All right, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Yep. Listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate us on iTunes.